0: But it's only because, and I say this all the time, that children raised in chaos are triggered by peace and safety, right? So this is one example. There's so many different ways that trauma can show up and recreate itself, right? But most of the time, the reason people can't hold on to secure love is because they feel like it lacks passion or it's boring. And nine times out of 10, that's because... you experienced chaos and your nervous system imprinted that love equals chaos mm. and so when that chaos isn't present your nervous system is used to that to that chaos and so you feel like it's boring when in essence it's actually not boring it's just that you are used to chaos so you run from relationship to relationship so you can feel that high
1: That you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey, Babe, how are you? Oh my goodness. Okay, so I have just an amazing woman for you right now. So, a really, really, this is going to be an episode I really hope you share with all of your female friends. Actually, you can share with your men friends too. You can share with any friend who is, you see them struggling to have just amazing conscious love and be in relationships that, you know, fully meet them and support them. And it's mutual and it's amazing. And, you know, it's not, not that like everything is about who you're with. Cause it's not, but you have to love yourself. So even if you're like, I'm happily single, I don't want to be with anybody. You have to love you. And there are things that we were taught when we were younger that really affect how we love ourselves and how we seek out love. And like, you can't be it till you see it. If you don't love yourself or if the love that you're in, isn't fully supporting you. Just can't. If you are a married person and you're loving life, I still want you to listen because I think there's some amazing things, some reminders, some confidence boosters. You're going to get some ways to pat yourself on the back. And also I know you got friends who need to hear this episode. So I want you to listen to it so you can give it to them and then make sure that you're celebrating you and you're being kind to you this week. I think it'd be really easy to forget all that you've done, all that you do and all that you are, and only see the things that you're not doing so
0: well and what's not going right. And I just
1: want to remind you that you're doing an amazing job and you're an awesome, awesome person. And so now here's Lauren Soller. Hey, be it listener. What is up? I have Lauren Soller here and this girl and I had a, like a zoom date because of mutual friends that we have both who've been on the show, Amber Shaw and Tori Gordon you to go listen to their episodes. And it was really funny. because one of those days I was like, who is this call that I have with? like, who am I talking to today? And she came on and we hit it off. Like kismet, like friends from like another life. And I had to have her on because what she does in her life and what she does in her business is something that I know every single person actually wants. You want to feel loved. You want to feel like you're seen and you're important and and, and you're heard. And so anyways, I can't wait for you to meet her. And so here she is. Lauren, can you tell everyone who you are and what you're up to these days?
0: I sure can. I'm so excited to be here. So for those of you who are listening and haven't met me, my name is Lauren Zoller. I am a dating and somatic dating and relationship expert. So I really help women and men find conscious partnership and find a way to actually keep it when they do find it. So I work all with the nervous system and how we have all of these patterns that we have been recreating since childhood, and they are stuck in our body. And they actually keep us from finding that sense of deep, deep love that we yearn for. So that's a little bit what I do. Okay. I love all this dating and
1: relationship coach. I think that people are like, yep, understand, you know, got that the somatic part (laughs) that can we like do a little deep dive into what that is. And then also I really do want to make sure we talk about like the keeping it part, because a lot of people are good at getting the date and it's the it's the it's next keeping
0: step. it. Yeah. 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 So I am trained in somatic experiencing, which is looking at the nervous system and the way that the nervous system holds on to trauma in the body mm-hmm. and how that trapped trauma keeps us from deep love for ourselves and deep love for others. So somatic experiencing, it's therapy of the soma, which is therapy of the body. So, so often we'll go to therapy and we'll do a lot of cognitive work. So we'll do CBT, we'll do brain spotting, we'll do EMDR. And it's very cognitive, which means you can look at a pattern or you can look at something toxic and you can say, I know that this isn't good for me, but your body has a different story. And even though your brain can label something as toxic, if your body experienced trauma which we can talk about trauma and the actual definition of trauma here in just a minute. But if it experiences trauma over an extended period of time, your body goes into a survival pattern and it will seek out that survival pattern over and over. Even if your brain is saying, wait a second, this isn't right. Your nervous system will take over and hijack your brain. So if we're not looking at the body and we're not looking at the nervous system, which is what somatic experiencing does, this is why we continue to create patterns. And we can never find a way out because so this is like, the body. you keep so dating, dating the, the same person. Yeah. So, so sorry. You keep dating the same person. Yeah. Like, it's like when you're like, I
1: know this is the wrong person, but I just keep doing it. It's like, and you get frustrated with yourself. Like you think it's you or like, there's something wrong with your brain or there's something wrong with you. And it's really that you just actually have to release that trauma from the body so that you can experience what your brain knows it wants
0: exactly exactly and i the example that i give all the time and most women can relate to this because they've been in this position at one point in their life it's the man or woman that you know is so bad for you like it's one that you gossip with your girlfriends about and you're like oh i know that this person is horrible for me but yet it's friday night and you're lonely and you're feeling a little down on yourself The next thing you know, you wake up in their bed Saturday morning, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, right? Yeah, you did that. (laughs) I know. We all did. We all did, and we'll continue to do it if we don't look at the way that the body holds on to that need for someone else to fill that wholeness inside Mm -hmm. of ourselves. And it comes down to a survival response. It's actually a trauma pattern. The brain knows it's wrong. But the body hijacks the brain and sends you to his bed because you need that hit. You need that high. Your nervous system needs that high.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. So fascinating and took me down memory lane a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell this story because people, when people ask like, you know, how, like, how did I, how did I meet Brad? And it kind of goes back to like this one time that I was sitting on this couch in this house. That was my house with this partner that I was with for five years. And I'm looking at this 80 inch screen TV, 80 inches, y'all it's freaking huge. And the living room was one of those long living rooms, but the, where the couch was, the TV was on the short side. So like, you're like in the screen. (laughs) And it was like 180 degrees of windows in this house. It was like beautiful views, but it's 111 degrees. So you're like a lizard in a terrarium. So I'm laying on a towel on a leather couch. It's not mine looking at an 80 inch screen TV watching. He's just that into you. And I'm like, I don't think he's that into me. And it was this weird moment. (laughs) <laughs> and then I was like, am I to him? Like, what are we doing here? What is happening? And it was this weird thing. So my brain figured it out and I left. But it took a lot of therapy and a lot of stuff to get to where I could like stay away. I had to like yeah. literally go homeless so that I would not live there because I was like, if I live here, I'm gonna end up staying in this relationship.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so in your, your body is conditioned, right? And it's it's used to finding that safety in that chaos of this person that isn't able to fully commit to you. It's like we, our bodies and and we, we call it chaos and we call it toxic, but it's actually extremely brilliant. It's our body's way of keeping us safe, Mm -hmm. but it's a false sense of safety. Yeah. Right. It's not security and it's not, it's not this stable relationship that you're really yearning for. It's this false sense of safety that your body's seeking, but yet it's not what you actually desire for yourself. Yeah, so okay, how did you get into doing
1: this? <laughs> because I feel like that it's not something that you're like. When I grow up, I'm gonna, you know, be a somatic coach for relationships. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a lot for yeah. a five year old. So, like, <laughs> what, what what
0: what started what started you on this journey? Well, um, to put it nicely, it was my train wreck of a dating history is really what led me here, but. It was so much more than that. And I'll give you kind of the cliff notes version, but I started coaching about eight and a half years ago. And when I made my way into the coaching world, I was working with other coaches and entrepreneurs, helping them build and scale their businesses with heart. I had this company and I do that kind of like weird voice because it was just my pitch line, right? Um, And I had this company and this program called Balance Boss Academy. And I had the balance boss podcast and I had this whole business that was built around how to balance your entrepreneur life with living an actual life. Right. And it looked like if you followed me on social media, it looked like I had the best life in the world, like on the outside, looked like I was traveling the world. I had this perfect relationship with this man who was this big to do man in Nashville looked like I had these incredible friends. It looked like I had the picture of perfect life. And what people didn't understand was that on the inside, I was actually a complete train wreck, mm. complete train wreck. And my breakdown and my rock bottom moment came. It was one day and it all happened. Like everything came crashing down in less than 24 hours. And I, it, it consisted of three phone calls. I woke up one Saturday morning and the first phone call that I received was from my boyfriend at the time, who I'd been dating for two years, from his mother. She was calling to let me know that he was going to rehab for the sixth time in one year. Oh my God. How have the time to do that six times? Right, right, (laughs) right. And everybody thought that we had this perfect relationship and nobody knew, right? Nobody knew that he was Mm. an alcoholic. So it was a whole facade in and of itself. The second call that I received was from my accountant who told me that we were $30,000 in the red. <gasps> and he was dropping me as a client because he had no, he was like, I have no idea. Like your business model isn't sustainable. I have to drop you as a client because I don't know how you're going to pay this.
1: Oh my gosh. What a jerk. Right. <laughs>
0: Could have told you before you were thirty 30,000 in the red The dollars in the hole. Right. So that was call number two and then call number three. Mind you, this happened within a 24-hour span. (laughs) Call number three was from my doctor telling me that I potentially had cancer. They had a biopsy that came back that was cancerous. So in a matter of 24 hours, this complete facade that I was trying to uphold came crashing down. I had no relationship. I had no business, (laughs) really. And my health was in the shitter. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do. I was like, what? Excuse my language, but like, what the hell? I am a coach. I'm like immersed in all this mindset work and I'm doing all this therapy. And I was positioning myself as this expert that could help people balance life with work. And I couldn't do it. Yeah. So I started looking for answers. And I started digging around and and really getting real with myself. Like what is going on? Like, what are these patterns that keep showing up? And that is when I stumbled into my first somatic session with a somatic therapist. I found somatic therapy. I had a, a friend that had told me about it and it was the missing piece for me. So I started to unravel and understand that even though I was just like I spoke about, I was able to recognize that things weren't right in my life my body was telling me a different story and I wasn't trained in how to listen to it. Yeah. So somatic experiencing opened everything for me. And the result after years of working with with a trained somatic therapist and doing a lot of reparenting work and a lot of the work that I now lead women through, the result of it was I realigned my business and went from $30,000 in debt to making 30K in one month. I found an aligned partner who was a dream, who was not addicted to anything and was mm-hmm. secure. <laughs> I realigned my business and helping and serving in the way that truly was in alignment with my heart. And I eliminated the cancer scare, which was pretty amazing. That's amazing. I know everyone's like, like completely like, what, eliminated What it? happened to the cancer? Yeah. <laughs> out, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it just went, it went away. And then I found amazing, amazing women that just started to kind of fall into my life, like you and Amber and Tori and Carrie, and just this really supportive, fantastic group of women and friends that are everything that I always wanted. I really stepped into alignment. So it was a missing piece for me. So thank you for sharing that
1: whole story, because I think that people go, oh, she went from a coach to being a somatic coach. So she just took a certification and like, really like Also, so many people are like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And it's probably, and you're probably like, I don't know, for me, I'm like, I'm so happy that happened to you because like, you wouldn't be who you are right now. You wouldn't like, if only you lost was just the boyfriend, you probably would still be doing what you were doing, you know, like if all, or if all you had was like just the debt, you probably would have kept the other two things like you, or you wouldn't have put the things all together. Like it all had to come crashing down for you to actually go. What am I going to do here?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, and I think that this happens often with people when they get into the coaching business, it's like, I want to be a coach, but they haven't really overcome a lot of what they need to overcome in order to properly coach someone through what they're going through. And Mm -hmm. so I really had a wake up call. I, I think you're absolutely right. I had to go through that complete rock bottom because I would have kept doing mindset work. I would have kept going to talk therapy. I would have just kept doing what everybody says to do, yeah. but it wasn't getting me anywhere. So it's like, it all had to come crashing down in order for that to realign.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, like if you're listening to this and you're feeling like you're at your rock bottom, like, I'm not like, I'm not like, I'm not saying I'm like, woo. Go you. But I am, but I think if you can accept that and you look around, you instead of going, why is this happened? Like so if you're like, this is all happening to me. Whoa, it's me. It's like, why is this happening? Like, go on that curious journey and and try to figure it out. I didn't have a cancer scare, but I definitely like left the ex since I was homeless. And then a month later I went back to the house to pick up something. And when I was leaving, I totaled my car.
0: Oh. So I
1: like head-on collision. I had to call him to get me to the hospital, like all this stuff. And then I found out a week later, the place that I rented space closed and I had no place to take my clients, which is like where the majority of my income came. And I was just like, okay, wow, where are we going to live? And where are we going to drive? And where are we going to work? And all of it led me to like, really figuring out like, what are like, what are like, like, this is a fuck. Yes. <laughs> this is what we're doing. Yeah. Did, like, I'm not doing lukewarm things anymore. And so, um, yeah i i think like i am so grateful for that moment for me and so when i hear about people i see the other side it's like that was like the best thing could have happened for you Okay, because someone heard at the beginning where you're like, and stay in these relationships. So what what is it about like what is the thing where we can get into them, but then we can't always keep them? And should we want to keep all of them? Like what's how do we decipher that too? Maybe that's like 17 questions, but
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it depends, right? It depends on what the dynamic was that you learned either in past relationships or as a child, in how you give and receive and hold on to love. Right. So I'm just going to give you kind of a high level example. If you were raised in chaos as a child, if you had helicopter parents who were in and out, like sometimes they were there, sometimes they weren't, sometimes they showed you affection and love. Other times they were just mad at you because they were having a bad day. Right. And you have this inconsistency and emotional availability. Then what we usually see is that as an adult, if chaos isn't present, if there's not fighting or really high highs and really low lows you feel bored mm. you feel like relationship like the relationship doesn't have any quote unquote passion mm. but it's only because and i say this all the time that children raised in chaos are triggered by peace and safety right so this is one example there's so many different ways that trauma yeah. can show up and recreate itself right but most of the time the reason people can't hold on to secure love is because they feel like it lacks passion or it's boring. And nine times out of 10, that's because you experienced chaos and your nervous system imprinted that love equals chaos. Mm. And so when that chaos isn't present, your nervous system is used to that to that chaos and so you feel like it's boring when in essence it's actually not boring it's just that you are used to chaos so you run from relationship to relationship so that you can feel that high yeah. all the time right
1: this is so fa- this is so fascinating i can think of like 17 friends in my whole life that like <laughs> I, i'm like oh that person needs to hear this and this person needs to hear this my mom hi mom and you need- <laughs> um so um uh so that's that's amazing because like what you're what you're saying as a coach is like, it's not just about us helping you find. And I think this is like relationship coaches. They like find people to mate. Like I, I, when I taught in LA and I had these in-person clients, they were like getting all of these, um, dating coaches or those, you know, I don't know what it's called anymore, but like just lunch. And like, then no, other people yeah. that like set you up for the dates, right? matchmakers. matchmakers, matchmakers. That's it. Yeah. But they're like, they're not able to actually help you keep the relationship going. And so what you're able to do is like, let's figure out what's going on inside of you. Let's unravel that so that you can actually keep the person that you really did fall in love with for reals <laughs> that you're just yeah. sabotaging, not like on purpose, but because of what your patterns are that are
0: imprinted in you. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't usually get to this and have work with someone for a while, but If you follow Dr. Bruce Lipton, he talks all about energetic vibrational frequency of emotions. If you're living in a heightened trauma response for an extended period of time, chances are you're living in shame, anger, guilt, fear, which are lower vibrational frequency emotions. Which means that if you've never looked at your childhood patterns and the way that you love and were taught how to give and receive love, and there's a lot of shame and guilt and fear and anger and sadness around the way that you receive love. If we look at Dr. Bruce Lipton's work, he says that every emotion has an energetic vibrational frequency associated with it. And this is kind of like weaving into the manifestation a little bit and attraction yeah. a little bit. If you're not looking at those patterns and you're not actively doing the work to understand them and heal them, then you're going to be vibrating at that energetic vibrational frequency, which means you're going to be attracting people who have your same wounds, Mm -hmm. right? So if we just take away even all the patterns and dissecting the patterns, and we just look at the emotions associated with some of these trauma instances in our body, of course, you're not going to find secure love because you're vibrating at that state. And that's what you're going to attract because like attracts like, right? So you've got to be able to do the work so that you can also shift the way that you call people into your life, which is kind of a missing piece. A lot of people don't talk about.
1: Yeah. So you brought up manifestation and I think, um, a lot of people go, Oh, manifestation. Yeah. I thought about it. I wrote it down. I did the secret, like, you know, I put it in the universe, (laughs) 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 but I, I think that manifestation also can, can also, you can also manifest and also take some action. And there can be, it can be a little bit more than this amorphous thing that we do. Um, how does that work in your, your work and how does that work in like relationships and, and attracting and bringing in the person that we want to have?
0: Yeah, so I teach manifestation work and I teach attraction work at the end of working with someone. It's actually the third pillar of my program and what I lead women through. The reason being is because in the first pillar, we understand your patterns. So we get really clear, what are your patterns? We go back through your past relationship patterns, What I call your core stories of limitation, which are your trauma moments, your childhood and generational dynamics, get really clear on the dysregulated nervous system patterns that are present for you. And the second pillar, we heal them. We go through a lot of somatic experiencing to shift your nervous system. The reason that I don't go over manifestation and attraction until the end is because if you are manifesting and you're putting out into the world what you want and you're just letting it be, but you don't actually truly believe at your core level that you are worthy of receiving what you've asked for, you will sabotage what it is that you want. Mm. That, that sabotaging comes from your patterns, right? Right. So it's like, if you haven't done that work, the reparenting work to understand how you self-sabotage or how your nervous system is dysregulated, it doesn't matter how many things you put out into the universe you're gonna hijack those bad boys
1: right so it's possible that people are out there manifesting and then sabotaging every time the universe is like here's the thing you wanted here's the thing
0: you yeah (laughs) yeah and and you see that cycle of at least it was for me like you may manifest it but it may go away as soon as it shows up Mm -hmm. right you can't hold on to it which is the same thing with love yeah
1: Oh my goodness. It's so fascinating how all of this kind of works together because I feel like what you do, even if someone listening to this, is like, I've got the man I'm with or the person I'm with or the human I want to be with, but the other stuff isn't there. Like, it's like, okay, somehow you made that work and we still have work to do Yeah, in <laughs> these other areas. <laughs> I feel like I feel like, um, I don't know, maybe our life's work is just getting to know ourselves and (laughs) reparenting and and then, um, and then trying to do the best we can with all of that information. Um, so Lauren, you now have someone that like great relationship, you're loving it. You're doing this job. Was there any hesitancy when you were switching careers and you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do now, because I don't know, maybe it's just me and what I'm thinking, but like, I always go, what if like, but I failed at this. And so I will be good. You know what I mean? To like the, the mm-hmm. history of it, like kind of can cloud what you think is your potential. Was it easy for you to make the switch? Was it hard for you? How did you like do that without holding yourself back?
0: I would say that I switched. I mean, if we go back, back, like before I even started coaching, I owned a yoga studio. And I feel like I've had all these different lives prior <laughs> to where I am now, which is crazy. And up until this shift, Like up until really diving into and understanding somatic work and stepping into dating and and relationships. I was always hesitant. I was like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. Like the thing before it failed and the thing before it failed and everything else failed. I always had this hesitancy. And I will say this, and I truly mean this from the bottom of my heart. Since doing this deeper somatic work and really understanding my worth and knowing me really deeply, I've never questioned it. Mm -hmm. It's a first time that I've never questioned it. It's just felt so right. And that doesn't mean that it hasn't shifted and changed and things haven't fallen apart and rebuilt themselves, but there's always just this deep knowing that I'm exactly where I need to be, which has never been present before.
1: That I totally understand. I totally, cause I, I think, and maybe hesitancy isn't what I felt, but like, I felt like, who am I to do it? I had questions mm-hmm. like, is it going to work? What if it doesn't work? Like there's all these things. And then, um, and then I would kind of do it anyways, but always holding myself back and playing smaller. I think than I should, like, if I yes. look back, they all worked out because it was supposed to, but like, I, I was like mm, waiting for the, like someone to deem it, Fine, you know, like say, and you're you're doing a great job, and you're doing a great job, and um, it wasn't until like my little my my own rock bottom moment that I didn't question the apartment I chose. I didn't question like this is where I'm gonna have my my clients. I didn't question when I met Brad. I was like, I'm gonna marry that man. He didn't have my Mm -hmm. phone number, y'all, and um, also was still married. So. But I was like, nope, we're going to be married someday. I'll wait till he's ready. And and I didn't question our move to Las Vegas either. Like those things. And so now when I question things, I'm like, why am I questioning this thing? What is, Mm. what is it about this thing that I'm questioning versus, do you know, like, like, it's like a different way of looking at it. It's more of a sign. Like, mm. (laughs) (laughs) what is this over here? Why are we looking was it a distraction? Like, what is, or do I have work to do? Um, So thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of people listening to this probably have done the same thing in all of the stuff. And mm-hmm. then when they don't question it, they also are kind of like, well, then that's almost like too, it's almost too easy. Like it yeah. should be harder than that. <laughs> There's yeah. a, yeah. a, a negotiation process I have to do. So, yeah. okay. What, so now you've made the switch. You're doing this. I know, um, you know, you're in the process of moving and everything too. What is it that you are kind of being it till you see it right now? Like, where are you going with, like, what's your next thing that you're trying to grow into?
0: So I truly, my life work is to get this work into as many people's hands as possible. Truly, I want everyone to be able to experience deep, deep love from the space of a balanced nervous system, from security. So I am in the process now of writing a book. So my book will hopefully be out by this time next year, which is really exciting.
1: Oh my God. You're writing a book. Yes. Yes. This is amazing.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. Um, And just continuing to spread the message. I have a program called the Align Love Collective that has been going strong now for almost two years and we enroll 20 to 30 women in it every month and it's changing lives. So it's just a matter of getting this message to more people and getting the book out and doing some speaking. Have you ever written a book
1: before? Is this your first book?
0: my first book.
1: That's amazing. I, I want to go back to the first book because um, I didn't know what I didn't know. And now I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and now I know. <laughs> That's what I hear from everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We'll have to have you back when the book is done. We'll have to talk about the whole process and, 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 and just let people know when it's out. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to find out how you can do your course and follow your podcast in just a second. All right, Lauren, where can people find you, follow you,
0: do the work with you? What do you got? So you can go to my website, LaurenZoller.com. I'm also most active on Instagram and TikTok. So you can follow me on Instagram at Lauren Zoller and on TikTok at Coach Lauren Zoller. And it'll give you, if you go to the website and visit the Instagram, it'll give you everything that you need. Amazing. Follow me there.
1: Amazing. Okay. We ask everybody how, um, some be it tips. So bold, executable, intrinsic or targeted action steps they can take to be it till they see it. So
0: what do you have for us? So my first tip would be if deep committed partnership is what you want to find. And I'm just giving this to you from a dating and relationship side of things, look at the patterns that have shown up in your relationships and write them down. Why has every relationship ended? What is the common thread? And then go back and answer this question. How was I taught to give and receive love as a child? That's the first question. Second question is what version of myself did I create to receive love for my parents? And use these two questions and compare them against the relationship patterns that you have found out. And you will know so much about how you show up in relationships and use that as your jumping point to start to go deeper into yourself about what may need to shift and what may need to heal so that you can have deeper partnership.
1: Oh, oh, I love this so much. I can't wait to hear what people discover. So y'all, how are you going to use these tips in your life? Lauren, and I want to know. So, screenshot this episode, tag us on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I'm also on there. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally, I'm being it till I see it on TikTok. That's where that's like that's my be it moment right now. I'm like, I'm just gonna figure this out. This elder millennials showing up. Um, I love it. <laughs> so, how are you to use this? Tag us, share it on on Instagram and wherever else you do, so that other people can hear this. Especially if you are listening to this and you're like, just love us, and you're like happily married send this to your single friends that you are like so tired of the patterns that they're going through. If you truly love them, you want them to have love like you do, then you send them this episode. You can just text it to them that way. It's going to be great. So thank you so much. And until next time, be it till you see it.
0: That's all I got for
1: this episode of the be it till you see it podcast. Hey loves, it's me, Leslie, and I am excited to talk about socks because We need to talk about socks all the time because I love being barefoot. I am not a fan of shoes. You'll rarely see me in shoes, even when I have people at my house and they're in shoes. I am barefoot, or I'm in my toe socks and Tavi Active socks. And the reason is that I've got tile floors, and um, they're not so nice to my feet. So I do love a cute sock, and I also only use their socks when I am doing Pilates. I love that they have an amazing sticky gripness to them. It also, when I'm teaching in other people's studios, having those socks on keeps me from slipping around in a studio and really allows me to root where. I'm planted. Plus, they're freaking cute. Have you seen toe socks and Tavi's socks? I mean, my goodness, they are the cutest styles all the time. The Barbie socks, I can't get enough of. I think I need to buy three pairs. So here's the deal. I want you to get yourself a pair of toe socks or Tavi Active Socks, and you can go to beapod.com slash toe socks. That's going to take you over to toe socks. Feel free to explore Tavi, and you can use my discount code, Leslie, that's L-E-S-L-E-Y, to make sure you save some money on your socks, because the reality is, is you should just get the most amazing, cutest socks and also save some money because you listen to this podcast. So make sure you check those out the next time you are looking for some socks to wear in Pilates, yoga, bar, or around your house like I do.
0: Sick of being upsold at gyms?